galaxy far, far away. And a bookshelf straight out of the 90s. From Thrawn to Dantooine, and everything in between. This is Legends Look Back. Welcome everybody to Legends Look Back, a show brought to you by Utini.com, a show that's been described as Kirsten Dunst's favorite Star Wars podcast I listen to while wearing jean shorts, where we talk all about all things Star Wars Legends. We're celebrating our rich EU history as well as diving into lesser known Star Wars classics. As always, I'm your host, Jared Mays, and I'm joined again this week right over the shoulder of the Red Ranger himself. Freddie C, how's it going, man? Pretty good, man. Pretty good. Uh, I'm I'm pretty excited to go over uh, everything. I, I took a look at the show notes, and it, it was I would say it, it's it's pretty it's it's a lot of content first of all. So I hope we can cover everything, but it's it's going to be pretty awesome. I like it. Yeah, I'm going to have Eric pestering me about why I haven't finished the Utini article that I'm supposed to be writing, and the answer is because I wrote 2,000 words in this week's show notes. I don't know if that's true or not, but it's definitely five pages long. I think I spent more time on this than I spent on my grad school research paper this week, so that's a lot of fun. Uh, this week, it's not just me and Freddie. We've got the co-creator of Project Stardust, the mother of Huskies, queen of coffee, wielder of the banhammer, lover of capes, writer of Utini reading guides, master of the style guide, and all-around flabbergastingly good writer and friend, Meg Dowell. She challenged me to use the word flabbergast. I said it. I said the words. <laughs> How's it going, Meg? You got the word in. I'm so proud of you. <laughs> it's good. It's good. I'm good. I'm so happy to <laughs> yeah. be back. Yeah. Yeah. You uh, yeah. are a repeat for us. Uh, a hat trick, if you will. A trilogy of guest appearances. Legends is all about its trilogies, isn't it? We're even tonight talking about a, uh, a canceled trilogy. So that's going to be a lot of fun. Meg, before we get deep into the show, let me ask you, uh, tell us something that you've been working on for Utini, something that's out, people can check out right here, right now, right after the podcast. Don't leave you know, the, your current window, because this is, this is the place to be. We've got an awesome, um, awesome group in the chat. Yeah, uh, Wes has given me a shout-out of my, uh, my old-school OG <laughs> Utini hoodie. I think this thing was available for like three months ever until Joxie redesigned it. Um, but I, I do want to hear, Meg, what's something that you've been working on for Utini that people can check out? Um, other than the very extensive write-up that we posted today, <laughs> um, why don't you check out um, the Canteen of Comics episode that just came out featuring me? I don't know why I'm all over Utini and Twitter today, but everything, hello. Everything. Yeah, here's some Meg. <laughs> just, you get some Meg. Everybody gets Meg. All today. Um but yeah, uh, Matt and I talked about um, the Bounty Hunter comic and um, some of the issues uh, that were happening with that. So um, it's a really good conversation, and um, it's a really good episode. So go check that out after after you're done. Yeah, here. after this episode, I gotta say, Meg, <laughs> out of anything we've ever done at Utini, and I say ever meaning like a year and a half since I've been on the team, um, it might be the thing that I'm proudest of because you and Matt have a really frank, vulnerable conversation, and I like that it just has space to breathe. It just it, it you take normally that show is very very well produced quick um he you know he gets they make the drinks they talk about the comics they drink the drinks they make some jokes but this time around it just you really sink into the meat of what's a tough discussion to have I think you handled it especially well and some of the issues you talked about in that episode are not far from what we're discussing on today's episode mm -hmm. of Legends Look Back either of course if you're watching this now first of all welcome <laughs> glad you're here second of all. 
Um, this is something that now we're going to try at a little bit later time, 9.30 p.m. Eastern time, uh, 6.30 p.m. Pacific, there you go. I almost said, yeah, p.m. <laughs> Pacific. Um, for some reason, that sounded weird. Come out of my lips. Uh, 6.30 p.m. Pacific California time. What, what do you call your time zone? Pacific. I already said it. Yeah. <laughs> and, of course, you can uh, also catch the show. We're posting it each and every week in your podcast player and also on YouTube. Thanks to our video editor, Nathan, for taking the reins on making that happen, and Andrew as well. You can, of course, subscribe to our channel and show your support of the show with Twitch Prime. If you've got an Amazon Prime subscription, it's the best deal on the internet, everybody. You can throw your credits our way and help us conquer the galaxy one book at a time. <laughs> and, of course, we want to say thank you to our incredible patrons who supported us all along the way to help us get there. Get here, actually. To get here, you know, as if we've arrived. We clearly have not fully arrived, but here we are anyway. Um, couldn't be more excited to be talking yeah, so Star how about Wars and we Legends start off books with, with you the all. Moment and I saw Freddy, it. this is pretty exciting. Uh, we first got a new of all, segment we, in the show, we listener in our feedback. Chat, right? As, you wanna, as you wanna uh, and, introduce uh, the Corey said, Whoa, this incredible guys, comment check that we this got, out. And it was a novel of of feedback. And honestly, I I read every single word probably twice because it, it was so fascinating. And uh so Stephanie on YouTube, thank you first of all for leaving this feedback. And uh we're and <laughs> Jared's about to read the whole thing. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm going to read most of it. I'm going to read most of it. What's amazing, Freddie, is that she didn't just leave this comment on one episode. She's been leaving great comments on, on multiple episodes, which is cool to see. Um, I want to say thank you to Stephanie, as well as all of our fans, um, especially those who have been leaving comments on YouTube. I've uh, been having a lot of great feedback there, some good discourse around the Thrawn trilogy. Uh, I want to say uh, Stephanie says she's very late to yeah, the party well, when it comes no... to Star Wars books, and she had the same Thrawn experience that uh, Jake had had, of course, watching him in Rebels, first and foremost, which I think is pretty cool because... There is no right way to be a Star Wars fan, right? Uh, there's no perfect way to tackle Star <laughs> Wars books. All that matters is that uh, you find something you enjoy and enjoy it, right? Just uh, don't dump on things other people like. You can see my light fritzing out in the corner, trying out a new setup tonight. And uh, <laughs> it's trying to decide if it's going to go all Force Ghost on me. Um, I love the fact that Stephanie says she's a lifelong Star Wars fan. Her mother was seven years old. There's no way that's true. Okay, yeah. Uh, her mother was seven years old when the original films came out in theaters, and so oh, she yeah. passed on her love to yeah. Stephanie when uh, she showed her the original trilogy on VHS. She tells this touching story of um, pulling out the bed from inside the couch. You know what I'm talking about, Freddie, those beds that are impossibly heavy to move, and uh, that they would uh, spend time together. It's such a heartwarming story. I'm about to shed a tear here, and they would watch the movies together. Long story short, when The Phantom Menace came out, she hated Jar Jar and eventually kind of uh, grew out of Star Wars until recently. You know, She was in a small rural town with no bookstore, and she recently got bit back into Star Wars with the sequel trilogy with Disney+. Plus. And um, through the new canon animated shows, she talks about binge-watching everything there was to binge-watch and eventually also um, getting into Grand Admiral Thrawn through Rebels and says this incredible quote, Freddie, I love this. All right, she says, um, which being perfectly honest is why I love this channel so much because I am beyond sick of toxic ne negativity in the fandom and it feels so great to have found a place that loves both the old and the new EU, and promotes both. I mean, she couldn't have said it better, could she? No. 
That's that's pretty amazing. I, and that's something that we always stress, right? Like if if we're toxic with something that we love, what the heck are we doing, right? It, it, then we clearly don't love it enough or, or we don't, we should probably find a new hobby at that point. Uh, but yeah, we, we really appreciate that comment. I mean, it, it, it doesn't matter if you're an old Star Wars fan, a new Star Wars fan, or if you're not even a Star Wars fan. I and mean, it doesn't matter. It's it's uh it's just about like talking with each other and and figuring out you know what is it that you don't like about it, and it just that's that's it. I don't, I, you know nothing to fight about there. Absolutely, uh, Meg. As we get started tonight in the episode, getting into the meat of the thing, I gotta say this: tonight's episode is entirely inspired by one massive. <laughs> frustrating Twitter moment in my life. Okay, I'm going to call Meg out onto the Legends carpet for a second here. Uh, I'm also going to call myself back onto the Legends carpet in a minute because I'm not blameless in this episode. But Meg, do you remember this? On Saturday, September 18th, we did a fun little Twitter challenge where we were going to describe ourselves as three Star Wars characters. Now, um, Meg, do you remember who your three characters were? I know one of them was Phasma. Okay, great. Um... One of them was probably Sabine. Um, I don't, I have no idea what the third one was. Yeah, I don't remember either, but I know for a fact that none of them were Legends characters, not a one. You had three chances, and you blew all three. So, um, the fact of the matter is, Meg, you've just read more canon books than Legends, right? Mm -hmm. And there's nothing wrong with that. But, there's a lot of awesome ladies in Legends that I'm hoping, on the one hand, we can talk about some people you know, and also introduce you, as well as... Who knows? Countless others on YouTube, Twitch, the podcast feeds for ages to come. Who knows how long this episode's going to live in your feeds? Couldn't be more excited about the sci-fi element and the time travel of this whole thing. But tonight we're going to be diving deep into the ladies of legends. Now, I do have to say, I myself have a confession that I have to make here, okay? That is, Meg, we've embarrassed you for a second. I'm going to embarrass myself or I'm going to put me in the corner. Um... My confession is this, that it wasn't until just a few years ago that I began to see my own sexism in my fandom, because my oldest daughter took on an interest in watching watching Star Wars and playing with the toys herself, so we busted out my, uh, my long-buried-in-storage Star Wars toys. We pulled out the bucket, we started sorting through them. I'm a loose-figure kind of guy, I think I've got two that are still packaged, but have like 50, you know, loose figures from mostly 96. Uh, my brother and I got into it when he was a kid. Um, from the Clone Wars era, you know, early to mid-2000s, but this is pretty embarrassing. Out of 50-ish figures that I owned, only two of them were ladies. Only two female mm. characters. I mean, obviously, they're just action figures. There's not, they're not male or female. They're inanimate objects, but based on these fictional characters, only two of them were based on female fictional characters, Asajj Ventress and Bounty Hunter Leia from Return of the Jedi. Great figures and everything, but my daughter was like, there's no girls in here. I don't want to play with these things. So we went down oh, no. to our local comic book action figure store, and we picked up um, a, 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 a Sashe? Sabe? We picked up a Sabe. It was Princess, you know, Princess uh, Queen Amidala with a gun, with a blaster, because I wanted to have an action action figure. And, you know, we got a few others. We've got some Ahsokas and some Leias, multiple Leias at this point. But, um, Meg, I want to ask you this. How important is representation in in fictional media, specifically in Star Wars? Extremely. Um, mostly because we don't talk about it enough, or when we do, there's this conversation um, that I always end up having, and it always ends up going, we need more representation in Star Wars. And then there always is someone who lists all 
the characters that seem to fit whatever representation we're talking about. And it's just, um, there just needs to be more discussion about it. And it just needs to, people need to feel seen, um, in the characters that they're seeing. And if, you know, if you're not seeing yourself in Star Wars, for example, um, there's something special about seeing yourself. Sure. When it happens, it needs to happen more. Um, kids especially need to feel like, um, they need to have that moment where they're like, that's me on screen. I yeah. can do that. Star I can Wars do is the for same me. Things. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Exactly. Right. You know, that's one of the things that I was so embarrassed about was not that I didn't own female figures, but that my daughter mm-hmm. was was feeling like Star Wars wasn't a property for her when right. there weren't characters that she could right. take out and play with as if she were them. So we, we hopped in that car and we drove. We've got this awesome comic book store. I don't even know if it's open right now with COVID, but it's got tons of loose Star Wars figures from every era at an affordable price, which is pretty cool. Yes. And she loves it when we go there and pick out a new one. We get one for her. We get one for me. We get one for her little sister. Um, it's a whole ordeal. It's probably why I'm so strapped for cash these days. But um, tonight we're going to be talking about these Star Wars, the, the Ladies of Legends, our favorite Star Wars characters from the old school EU, specifically talking about three three categories. We've got Jedi, we've got villains, and we've got scoundrels. Not in that order, because I got it wrong. Let's start off with the Jedi. Uh, Freddie, who we got first? Yeah, so we've got uh, Lannery Brock. Uh, I mean, we're going to have a hard time saying some of these names. At least yeah, I Lannery's am. Yeah, Lannery's pretty, uh, pretty straightforward. Yeah, it looks, it looks straightforward. <laughs> that, thank, thank goodness. Thank goodness. First time. Thanks, uh, Tim Levin. Uh, but yeah, appeared in uh, Dawn of the Jedi Into the Void, and that was 2013. Uh, it was a, a Marvel Legends epic collection with all of the Dawn of the Jedi comics, Tales of the Jedi Volume 1. It's actually coming out soon. Yeah, do you want to go yeah. ahead? It's coming out soon, yeah. So, uh, Some Legends news. December 8th, right? <laughs> December 8th? Yeah, pretty exciting. We're always like, we don't have Just anything to talk drop about. drop in some in Legends, Legends news. And then, yeah, we've got some new Legends stuff coming out. And I think this is especially yeah. confusing, don't you? Because this volume of the Epic Collection collects exclusively Dawn of the Jedi comics. Yeah. But it's called... What is it called? It's called Tales of the Jedi <laughs> Tales Volume 1. Tales of the Jedi one, Volume 1. But it doesn't one. contain yeah. any of the Tales of the Jedi comics. Which is especially no, no, confusing it, when we add on the third layer, which is the first volume of Tales of the Jedi, is called Knights of the Old Republic. Why? Uh, yeah. So that's why when I was reading it, I was like, wait a minute. That, amazing? <laughs> that makes no sense to me. Yeah. Thank you, Star Wars, for going out of order Thank you. in everything. Making things. But yeah, she was tall. She's yeah. uh she was strong. Uh she I'm pretty sure she had like a leather sheath made out of uh what was it? What's it called here? Um it was like a screech lizard. Skin of the a screech skin lizard. of a screech lizard. I mean, if that's not some old school legends, I don't know what is. I mean, it's old school continuity wise because this is set what yeah. ten thousand years before a new hope. This is literally the dawn of the Jedi, as old school as it could possibly get. This was a really creative era in Star Wars storytelling because they, at this point, were exploring some really interesting areas, both backwards and forwards on the timeline. Um, during the same era, the, the late Legends era, you've got uh, the Dawn of the Jedi, you've got Lost Tribe of the Sith, you've also got the Legacy oh, yeah. comics coming out, which were set, you know, 100, 200 years after Return of the Jedi. Um, sh- she's definitely a cool character, especially a woman of color being uh, the protagonist in a book is really interesting because that's something that's just incredibly rare in Legends. And I'm glad we've seen more inclu- inclusivity 
Inclusion or inclusivity? What's the right word, Meg? Uh, Meg, that's your that's your <laughs> court. Got my editor on the show this week. Yeah, I, inclusion. Just keep it simple. Yeah, and I like that Eric says, um, "Let's normalize tall women." That's right, Lannery Brock. There you go. Can't tell. She's six feet tall, and her story specifically is told in Dawn of the Jedi: Into the Void, which I happen to have right here. And hey, if you get the hardback of this, please just send it to my address in Lemonster, Massachusetts, <laughs> because that sucker is hard <laughs> to find. Second yeah. on the list, Meg. Who we got? Oh, that's all right. Yeah, Bastila Shan. Meg, have you played Kotor? <laughs> okay, I have a confession Shan? to Wait, make. You don't say. You don't say Shan, Freddie. You say Sean. Like say Sean. Like See, Hunter. I would have said it wrong. I would have said it wrong too. Are you happy now? It's 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 two on one, Freddie. All right, it, it's two on one. One yeah. in the chat for Shan. Two in the chat for Sean. All right, Sean of the Dead. Uh, uh, or is it? Or is it? You shan't pass. All right, I don't know. Meg, uh, you, have you never played Kotor? I have. I never finished the first game. It's I played long. the second. I played the second game first. I played that one at least twenty times. Yeah. I've never finished the first game. I'm sorry. I'm getting to it eventually. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's all right, Meg. It's all right. This episode is not about embarrassing Meg. Everybody say it with me. This episode's not about... Are you sure about no. that? Uh, Basil Shan, of course, <laughs> she first appeared in KOTOR. She also makes some mild appearances in um, Old Republic Revan, which we talked about yeah, with our bud Patrick. Does. But as we talked about in that episode, I don't think that book really did her justice. Um, you know, She's she... also in uh, Star Wars The Old Republic. Okay. Okay. And um, you know her descendant? Uh, not what is she granddaughter? Um, Satil Shan becomes mm-hmm. the uh, what Grandmaster of the Jedi Order, something like that. Yeah, uh, I gotta admit, haven't finished that one. So we're we're equal in this, Meg. Um, she's known specifically for wielding the double-bladed yellow lightsaber. She was the Jedi who pretty much single-handedly-ish, depending on how you look at it, took down Darth Revan himself in hand-to-hand combat, which is pretty awesome. Then she of, was badass, man. Yeah, then of I'm course sorry. she spent... I, I just, I, I can't get over her. <laughs> yeah, uh, Freddie's got a crush. I can see his cheeks turning red over there. Um, <laughs> she spent... Oh, I need to switch to the right scene. I've got pictures of all these characters, which is cool. I remember that Bastila was super zoomed in, which is... You know, it's like she's right here with us on the Zoom chat. There we go. Um, Bastila is known not just for her lightsaber or her skills in hand-to-hand combat, but, of course, for basically pedantically pestering Revan all the way through their adventures and then falling in love with him, as one does. I remember on our uh, Revan episode, uh, Cheryl said, Friends to enemies to lovers? Actually, it's enemies to... No, it's it's co-workers to... Mortal enemies to I almost killed you but saved your life instead and then took you to get your mind wiped to friends to enemies to lovers, right? Yep. It's an amazing story. (laughs) But specifically, you know, uh, as a character, um, she is defined for her rare and uber-powerful force power. Meg, why is battle meditation the the most ridiculous force power in all of Legends? (laughs) Um, I mean, you can just, like, control everything? It seems like, I mean, you have a lot more power than I feel like anyone ever should. Yeah. Um, Battle meditation, the idea is you sit calmly on your ship and control the forces of the battle so as to influence the outcome. Um, The crazy thing is, it's so prevalent in Legends that it doesn't I'm seem all that sure rare. We've covered it. Yeah. <laughs> I, we've covered it like three times already. <laughs> yeah, I know. It comes up a lot. Yeah, there's going to be some spoilers in this episode. We're going to do our best to give spoiler warnings. Totally didn't give one there. You're going to be all right. Um, 
it, you know, the game came out in 2004. It's one of the most critically acclaimed video games of all time. So, uh, sorry, not sorry, Wes. Um, and Cheryl <laughs> says, Legends, am I right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, Freddie, you have an interesting tidbit about Bastila here. You want to take this one? Yeah. So, uh, I'm really into the collection, the toys, the art, and, uh, she so there was uh i believe in 2006 there was a poll of some sort and uh she actually was selected as the fan choice winner in 2009 for for hasbro at the toy fair which is pretty fascinating uh yeah it, it, it i mean for for such a in my opinion not everybody knows about her but i feel like star wars fans that are tr like not everyone's a true star wars fan that likes star wars i don't care who you are right. but Someone who's like truly into EU or not even just EU, but just knows about it, knows about her. And it's crazy because it's just the video games. I like that Freddie's trying to dig himself out of this terminology hole he's digging himself into. But no, yeah, she she's a very notorious character and rightly so. Um, and I appreciate that. And hey, if you don't know much about Bastila, that's all right, because well, I'm sure you're bound to know at least about one cool character here. And we're going to be closing out the show by saying which of these characters we've talked about um, are you interested in learning more about? And I myself, at the end of this, uh, you know, writing the show notes was like, I would love to know more about a couple of these characters in particular that honestly my knowledge is just really lacking of. Uh, third on the list, Meg, you want to take this one? Uh, my show notes Not yet. have disappeared. Okay, no problem. Uh, I'll, send you, <laughs> I'll send you a new copy. Um, third on the list comes from the John Jackson Miller um, masterpiece. I don't know if it's a masterpiece, but it's a good book called Night Errant. Uh, this book, of course, came out, uh, trying to see if I pulled it off the shelf. Yeah, came out late in the Legends era, uh, 2011, I believe. That's all about um, Kara Holt, Jedi Knight, who basically is it's a really interesting story because she's kind of single-handedly taking on two warring Sith Lord twin brothers. Because if yep. there's one thing to be said about Legends... It's that you've got to have a woman to step in a war between two brothers. Am I right, Freddie? Legends reminds me of Jared. Just so what? extra. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. In a good way, though. In a good way. <laughs> yeah, and these brothers, the, the, they've got, like, these opposite personalities. Damien and uh, Odian. It's, like, some of the most mythical, um, almost, like, Greek mythology Star Wars that's ever been written. But she's a really cool character because, specifically... Her journey is defined by the fact that one of these Sith Lords bombed and destroyed her home planet, you know, went all, all drawn on it. And then her entire journey as a Jedi is motivated by her quest for vengeance, which is not She's something that we see very often. Freddie, normally it's the, the, the dude bros with their broody yeah. uh, rage issues. Super broody. That we see yeah. struggling with this pull to the, to the dark. Why is it interesting to have a female character questing for vengeance and trying to come to terms with how to be a Jedi without being obsessed with taking vengeance into her own hands. It's so interesting because it, she actually reminds me a lot of Phasma because she she is just completely a warrior in every sense. Like it, she was made to battle and she was an she was I mean if, if she was a, a martial artist for sure, right? She knew she knew all of the martial arts probably before before it was even really a thing. Yeah. And that's I think that's fascinating. You know, her story is interesting because from a media standpoint, um, it's told in a prose novel and in a, a series of comics, in the Night Errant comics that John Jackson Miller also wrote. I mean, if you just go to her Wikipedia page, or as I like to call it, 
It's the so book, long. It's incredibly long and <laughs> yeah. detailed. And it, I, I will tell you this, it's easier to just read the source material. It's easier to just read the books and the comics with her than it is to try to read her um <laughs> you know her page well i just want to say i've been i've been trying to find like bullet points from her and i'm still scrolling since since we started talking about her and I, i'm still going <laughs> awesome meg do you want to chime in on her you know this journey of having a female character who is uh you know trying to take vengeance into her own hands that's something that's kind of rare to see with a, a feminine star wars character isn't it yeah and i'm really glad that you made the phasma connection because i sure didn't and now i'm super interested in in this character yeah. um did somebody say phasma <laughs> someone did <laughs> and it was me um i it it is rare especially in legends that you have a female character that is just so angry and this warrior and is using her anger to you know accomplish this really dark thing and like more of that more of that in canon more of that just everywhere please mm-hmm. yeah one of the things yeah, that's- I, I agree one of the things that's problematic about women in legends often is they're introduced as romantic interest. Her yeah. story is distinctly anything but that. And yeah. I, I love it for that. The uh, later legends was figuring this out a little bit better and I appreciate it for it. Yeah. And okay. Cheryl makes Cheryl, a good point. Yeah. Cheryl. Yeah. I was going to say Mara Jade for sure. She, she is in the same tier in my opinion mm-hmm. as, as Kara and, and Phasma, just that strong, super independent super capable mentality yeah good i appreciate that you said that thank you for saying that cheryl where would we be if it weren't for cheryl am i right uh next on the list we're still in the old republic era here with our jedi we've got nomi sunrider i gotta tell you finding a picture of nomi sunrider that wasn't showcasing the the front half of her bald head was difficult because it was an interesting stylistic choice that the front half of her head would be bald but it has you know it's her species whatever now tell me about nomi sunrider Meg, what do we know about Nomi? She's the one. No, I, I, you know, I spent a lot of time reading these. I got it. Um, she's the one who um, basically took over, right? And I think she took over and was like, um, yeah, after her like husband the, died. Yeah, like the guys just like couldn't do it, so she did it all. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the interesting thing is that um, she's constantly paired with these uber powerful like legendary male jedis mm-hmm. who were terrible at being jedis they're either dying getting injured mm-hmm. cutting getting their arms cut off or um falling to the dark side and so yeah. she's she's always stepping in and having to save them which is really interesting in star wars you know freddie that's one of the things that defines women in star wars and has since the very beginning isn't it that's what leia does right uh, yeah i mean so that's the thing is is George Lucas made this for kids, right? He didn't make it for boys. He didn't make it for girls. He made it for kids. And he wanted to be, he wanted to have the best representation of as many people as he could in, in his stories before it's time, in my opinion. Right. Yeah. That's a good point. Um, one of the things that's especially interesting about her is she doesn't even know that she has force abilities until her husband dies. Her husband, who's a Jedi, which is a Legends thing, especially old school Legends. They didn't have George's, you know, extensive rules about uh, what it took to be, you know, a Jedi. It was before the prequels were ever made, everybody. And uh, one of the things that's especially interesting is her husband is cut down by some street thugs. He's that good of a Jedi, everybody. He's just taken out by run-of-the-mill street thugs. <laughs> And then uh, she feels the force call her to be a Jedi when she picks up her husband's lightsaber, goes and is trained by a a four-legged beast rhino Jedi master. Um, It's it's a wild... Such an odd story. Absolute wild story. And by the time her story in um, 
Tales of the Jedi Redemption, the last volume, she's the Grandmaster of the Jedi Order, which is really cool to see way back in the old school, old school Legends stories. I mean, we're talking about the first story ever published by Dark Horse outside of Dark Empire, being written synonymously with Dark Empire. Um, you know, the, the, the amazing thing is we've got a female Grandmaster of the Jedi Order. Uh, you want to speak to that for a second, Freddy? Uh, how interesting is it that right out of the gate, when it comes to creating a Legends character who's not a part of the original trilogy, you're creating mm-hmm. an original character for the first time, one of the very first ones that you choose to make a protagonist, is a female Jedi. Yeah, she was... It was such an interesting story, and the art is fantastic. It, it's so different, in my opinion. Um, and we we were this was like one of the first things I think we talked about it in the podcast, but she's uh, she's strong and and it's funny how late in the game she came right and she's just trying to learn these things as, as an adult, and, and uh, even more adult than Luke in my opinion right right uh, and I feel so bad for her her husband just oh man <laughs> yeah I mean she's already what was got that about? she's already got a child when she becomes. A Jedi for the first time, right? They they they're like on vacation exactly. with their with their like two year old who ends up being a Jedi in uh, you know a later series, which is interesting. Um, and her life just propels from there. Absolutely. So we're talking about some really awesome Jedi of the Old Republic. We've been in the Old Republic, Old Republic. Everybody, we're gonna skip a little bit forward in the continuity here for a second, and we're moving forward all the way into the Clone Wars uh, to one of my very favorite. Uh, Jedi's who ever lived, and that is uh, Siri Tachi. Now, if you don't know who Siri is, that's okay because she comes specifically from the Jude Watson universe of Star Wars books. She's introduced in the Jedi Apprentice books, and then uh, comes up again later in uh, her next series of books, which is shorter, shorter than Jedi Apprentice. It's only ten books mm-hmm. long. <laughs> in Jedi Quest, so short. And then we've got uh, the third series of books by Jude Watson. The uh, the last of the Jedi, in which um, Siri has you know kind of survived Order sixty six and is a bounty hunter um, because legends. Am I right? Um, have you read all of these, Freddie? No, actually. So these these are the ones that I've kind of I just haven't gotten into uh, mainly because I started getting into a lot of the a lot of the comics and that that really consumed a lot of my time at one point but uh, i was reading this during the show notes and i was so interested because they actually i mean she was a padawan with a vi- well, violet lightsaber yeah so different cool. yeah absolutely you know the interesting thing is before there was ever the clone wars tv show uh, siri is obi-wan's young obi-wan's love interest right so they start off as classmates at the jedi academy and then before you know it you know they're angsty teenagers and they're falling in love and at one point, he's ready to leave the Jedi Order to be with her forever. A very interesting story. Now, we're going we're gonna to ask a difficult question here, and Meg, I already know what your answer is, okay? Oh. And, and we can probably guess what my answer is, and we're going to have to war it out. Freddie can be our mediator. Who's a better match for Obi-Wan, Siri hmm. or Satine? Meg, you want to start us off on the wrong foot? <laughs> <laughs> Satine, no, no. for sure. It's the right answer. There's no wrong okay. answer. Okay, as the mediator, Satine. Why Satine? Uh, I'm because she's the one I'm more familiar with. Yeah, nothing wrong with okay, that. Okay, that's that's fair. That's totally fair. What what's good right. about them as a couple, though? Why why is Satine a good match? 
because she's her own person already. She doesn't need him. She wants him. I think that makes the difference. I like that. Okay, cool. You know, she's a queen in her own right. Totally ruined Mandalore she... in the eyes of a lot of Legends fans. But I, I disagree. I think she's great. <laughs> I think it, it, it happens, right? It's an evolution. It, people become warriors and they're like, oh, this is exhausting. <laughs> sure. Absolutely. Yeah, she's like, yeah, yeah we're all going to be pacifists now because I'm tired. I'm too old for this. No. Uh, she has a different vision on how to bring peace to her planet and um, is doing an admirable job if it weren't for all the angsty men who are like, let's make Mandalore great again. Am I right? I kind of got some uh, some parallels to real life. Okay, we won't get into that. But I will say what I love so much about Siri is that she's never afraid to call Obi-Wan out for his tomfoolery because Obi-Wan, mm. though being awesome, is far from perfect. And Siri is always the one who's like, no, Obi-Wan, you're, you're totally missing the mark on this. She's normally the Jedi who's trying to bring him along in the story. And, I mean, her story takes some wild twists and turns. Thinking about her being a Jedi who survives Order 66. Uh, I think yep. in Legends she's trained by Depa Balaba. Uh, I could be wrong about that. I thought that. it was Adi Galia. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's who it is. Yeah, they. Adi, look... yeah it was Adi Galia. Yeah, okay, way to rescue me from looking like a total fake Legends fan, Freddy. Um, <laughs> you, you got a choice, man? Which one do you prefer? Ah, you know, I'm so partial to Tachi. <laughs> <laughs> right, it's two I, on one. I, and, and you know what? I have to say this. I have to say this. It's I know both pretty well. I, I consider myself like a super old school um, fan, but I, I have to say... I have to say, man, this is a hard decision. Satine is like really good too. In my opinion, I feel like it could have been both. Different times, I know. It just I don't know. Maybe you fit it in. But <laughs> All right. So it's uh yeah, go ahead, buddy. You and I are both you, saying Siri, but I will say, um, Cheryl in the chat is saying that uh it's the ladies, it's Meg plus the ladies in the chat who are all saying Satine. She says, listen to all the ladies saying Satine. So if ever there's an episode for us to listen to the ladies in the chat, all right, it's it's this episode. Plus, I'm a little bit scared of Cheryl. Uh, you never know. Um, <laughs> not Thank true. you, Cheryl. Yeah, she's she's got your back, Meg. <laughs> uh, interesting. Uh, feel free, everybody, to chime in in the Discord, the YouTube comments. Uh, have you read the, the old school Jedi Apprentice books? I think I spent all of my lunch money uh, as a kid at the book fairs on these books because there's a bunch of them that robbing me. Absolutely robbing so me. Uh, next up on the list, we're moving into the New Republic. Let's talk about Mara Jade. Now, we've been talking about her in our Heir to the Empire roundtable. And, of course, she goes on to basically feature in almost every Legends book in the New Jedi Order, Legacy of the Force era, plus all of Zahn's post-Return of the Jedi books. Um, you know, we've been talking about her for a while. We're going to talk about her in many more episodes to come. But um, something I'd like for us to talk about tonight is... Which era, uh, Meg, start us off, which era in Mara Jade's life do you find most compelling, most interesting? Which era are you most interested in exploring at this point in your fandom? Her, um, her old school days as the Emperor's Hand, there's a couple of books about that. Her, you know, Thrawn trilogy era where she's kind of displaced and on this vengeful quest to kill Luke Skywalker. Or, you know, later on, um, you know, mild spoilers here. Most people might know this based on the fact that she's got a lightsaber in this image here. She does become a Jedi later on. Um, uh, which of these three eras, Jedi Mara, Smuggler Mara, or Emperor's Hand Mara? 
Um, definitely um, Heir to the Empire. Uh, read that recently. Actually, the first books that I read um, with her in them were when she was still the Emperor's Hand. And I didn't like her that much. Um, okay. Maybe just That's because I didn't. Yeah. Yeah. I, maybe I just, I don't know. Um, but the more that I read with her in it, the more that I'm definitely into her story and I really want to keep going. And like I have, like at this point, I know everything. I know like the bullet oh, points of what happens to huh? her. Okay. Okay. Not <laughs> I see how it is. Not everything. <laughs> most things. You heard enough. it here first, folks. Okay. <laughs> No, no, no. I, I get the point. There's a lot yeah, of these yeah, Legends no. characters that you don't know much about at all, and there's others that, like, hey, you get it. Yeah, no, so I'm just, I will eventually get to more of her story as I get into more of Legends Beyond Heir to the Empire, and I'm looking forward to it, because she's a really... I'm so excited. Yeah, she's a really cool character, and, like, yeah. uh, even before, you know, even um, aside from her relationship with Luke Skywalker, like, I'm just curious to know... All the things I don't know, because apparently I don't know everything. Sorry. <laughs> Ready? You know, I, Meg, I absolutely love when people don't know everything about Legends, yeah. and then we talk about it, and we get into it, and they're like, oh, man, that's 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 really interesting. Yeah. Let me just check it out. And uh, I cannot wait for you to read, um, like, the Smuggler Thrawn era. Yeah. And just get to know her a little bit, because she's so... You just see how capable she is, and... Yeah. and in in the way of like Han Solo mixed with like if Phasma was was more chilled out kind of person and you know it's so fascinating yeah <laughs> I'm gonna keep saying Phasma because I know you love her but she's also go. her character is very is very strong in my opinion I feel yeah. like she's a really good reference point of how to gauge people so um, for me I'm gonna answer with uh, Jedi Mara I like especially the way that she mentors mentors some of the younger Jedi. Um, she doesn't take any gruff from anybody. Not even Luke Skywalker, Grandmaster of the New Jedi Order, does not tell her what to do, which is a lot of fun. Um, because th there is this trope that develops a little bit in Legends of, like, oh, the woman has to be rescued, but Mara is never that way, which is a lot of fun. Got some great answers in the chat here. Um, let's see what we've got. Um, Mara Jade... Um, Juliana says that she likes the New Jedi Order era Mara, which is cool. Cheryl says original Thrawn trilogy and Vision of the Future. Um, Jedi Mara is from Juliana. Um, Cheryl's giving like five answers to say the same thing. Pre-Jedi Mara, <laughs> Emperor's Hand. She's got a lot to say about uh, Mara Jade, apparently, um, which is a lot of fun. So Smuggler Mara, she's my favorite in all caps, she says, um, which is cool. Rob says... Um, she's, re she's, well, I'm not going to read Rob's comment. Sorry. Um, <laughs> Rob says she's awesome. All right. We'll put it that way. Um, moving on in our list, Freddie, who we got next? Yeah. So, uh, let's see here. I, I was literally looking at pictures of Mara Jade right now. Uh -oh. Sorry guys. <laughs> Perfectly appropriate pictures, everybody. Yeah. She's, I, I, gaze she's like into the hardcore. gullet on the screen. We're talking about Jaina Solo. <laughs> Um, another very infamous oh, yeah. Legends Jedi, definitely one of the most developed characters in all of the EU. Um, somebody who goes from being introduced as a child, uh, basically an unborn child in the original Thrawn trilogy, which is pretty hilarious, and then um, goes on to 
basically single-handedly assassinate a Sith Lord. She's the Sword of the Jedi. She's trained by Boba Fett, for crying out loud. She flew with Rogue Squadron. She has one of the most interesting love triangles in all of Legends. She's trained by bad boy, genocidal Jedi Kip Duron. She was hit on and almost proposed to-ish by uh, Prince Fabio. I mean, um, uh, (laughs) Uh, what was his name? Prince Isolder of Dathomir. Isolder. I put the joke in the in the notes and forgot to put the actual name in the notes, which is funny. <laughs> uh, does that about sum up Jaina Solo for you, Freddie? Yeah, uh, she she's she's the first person that we follow the entire life cycle of in Legends because there's no person we we got to with with like the the inception right. Like we you were you said it we 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 got to know her as a fetus <laughs> to, yeah. you know to put it we follow her from there all the way to you know further on which we won't give any spoilers but unless you want to <laughs> well a, a mild spoiler is is this all right one minute everybody if you've never read any of the new jedi order or legacy of the forest one mild spoiler is she's probably defined as the only uh, solo child who doesn't die in legends Right. Yeah. Um, and yeah. so her story is left open ended. And I think this is one of the things that has me most torn up. I mean, it's OK. I see a therapist and everything. But, um, <laughs> you know, how bummed are you, Freddie, that uh, we didn't get Christy Golden Sword of the Jedi trilogy that was canceled yeah. back in 2014? Yeah, that was that was such a bummer. I forgot about it. I just deleted it from my brain. I don't want to think about it. <laughs> yeah, I'm resurfacing Thanks, old Jared. Wounds. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I feel like. I feel like because we didn't, we might get a story of something similar. It might not be Jaina, but I don't know. I have a weird feeling about it. We'll see. Hmm. Like a like a Ray trilogy uh, post Rise of Skywalker, where she's kicking butt and taking names. I could see that. Yeah. Okay. That might might be the closest we're gonna get. Um, you know, Meg, where, where's your stance on the fact that? Um, you know, we basically got a character here who's the most legendsy legends character who ever was, and you know, never really got her own trilogy of books. Mm-hmm. Oh, I mean, I guess I feel a little bit better because it, it was intended to happen. Um, so they were planning on it. So it's not like they're like purposely going to leave her out and not give her that. Yeah. Okay. Um. Yeah, I mean, it's disappointing. I mean, there are some things about um, uh, the Disney acquisition that just didn't work out well. Um, yeah, it's impossible but, to do it seamlessly. Yeah, but I mean, she we got so much of her, and she's such a great character. Like, it almost makes up for it, I feel like. Yeah, okay, that's a great answer. Look at Meg being positive. Uh, <laughs> glad to have her on the show. Excellent. You know, uh, easing us fanboys with the, the, the nasty breakups in our life when legends broke up with us but we're never letting mm. go we're never letting go all right <laughs> uh, next on the list from this era is a jedi who i just recently wrote a uh-oh wrong one that's not good i clicked on tahiri and i got leia no where'd tahiri go oh no she's around here somewhere that's Ventress. there's siri all right we're just playing musical chairs at this point i, I had a picture and you're not gonna see it oh well tahiri vela is next up now, Meg, you edited my collection on this. In the article, I described her as a Tatooinian, Anakin Solo's childhood best friend, barefoot warrior, half-alien Tusken Raider Jedi, broken-hearted lover, tool in multiple galactic wars, and an addict on top of all that. Meg, which of those things sounds the 
the craziest and the most like made up to you? I don't know. Is it the I barefoot mean, thing? It's like, why does she have to be barefoot? You know what? Probably. I mean, how? I, I have questions. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Um. The, the basic idea is that because she was raised on Tatooine, she liked to go barefoot in the sand. And so okay. like yeah. her entire existence as a Jedi and Sith is, and Yuzhan Vong, because she's, you know, mind wiped and fused with a Vong consciousness, which is insane. It's one of the most, one of the more sci-fi things to ever happen in Legends. Um, you know, the, the, the idea is that she just always liked to go barefoot. It's like, you can take the girl off a of Tatooine, but you can't take the sand out from in between the toes. Isn't that what they say, Freddie? She's, uh, she's interesting. Um, I always found it really weird because <laughs> I, I I could see it like if when you're at the beach, right? She, you just kind of step in the sand. You can, feels nice, but uh, everywhere, <laughs> it gets everywhere. Um, she's she's got one of the more up and down story arcs in all of Legends. Tahiri is introduced first in the Junior Jedi Knights book, uh, books by Kevin J. Anderson and Rebecca Moesta, his partner. Um, they wrote these with the lesser-known scholastic young readers from the post-Return of the Jedi era about Anakin Solo and their, like, ferret Jedi master friend, Ikrit, which is a ton of fun. And I know a lot of Legends fans consider these, like, their favorite uh, Star Wars stories, which is awesome. She's reintroduced in Greg Keyes' uh, New Jedi Order Edge of Victory uh, Conquest, where they go back to Yavin 4, which is awesome. I love it. Her, her story is absolutely heartbreaking, the way that she's abused by certain people in her life and strung along um, by Jason, uh, basically just taking advantage of her Force abilities. Um, it really is some of the more heavy-hitting stuff. Um, you know, Meg, as you were learning more about Tahiri, what had you most interested in? What are you most interested in learning about her? Um, I think, like, just her relationships with um, who's who's the one that she was friends with? Yeah, so she's uh, best friends with Anakin. Okay, yeah, mm -hmm. I was really interested in that because I don't know a lot about him either. Sure. Um, but yeah, her whole story is like really interesting to me. Yeah, it really is so incredibly up and down. I know a lot of New Jedi Order fans uh, really love Tahiri and uh, love to hate Tahiri because she makes so many bad decisions along the way, but is you know in a in a really horrifically real world way is taken advantage of by, um, uh, specifically by Jason later on in the timeline. I've got some great answers here in the chat. Cheryl says um, that, well, I'll, I'll let you read this one, Freddie. <laughs> uh, Cheryl, Are we going with the next one? No, we're talking about uh, Fr oh. Cheryl's answer. It's a little bit edgy. I don't want to say it. Anyway, uh, well, it's not, that, I mean, all, it's not all that edgy, but. Well, uh, so I, I'm, <laughs> I'm pretty sure, I, I thought she walked in the sand or, you know, barefoot because it, uh, I, I forget. I think Bro Dameron said it, but I thought it was because she just it was everything else was so much colder. Oh, she doesn't like right? walking and on hot sand. Yeah, <laughs> I, well, I, I I can't remember honestly. I just I just know it was a very interesting story, and I I didn't spend too much time on it. But uh, I've forgotten the reason why she likes to be barefoot. Yeah, All right, we're gonna have to go back I, and totally reread the book. Yeah. So let's be honest. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah. So uh, Juliana says she loves to hate to hear. Uh, that might be true. Might be true for <laughs> other people. Next on the list, I think, is one of the more, more interesting characters we can talk about tonight, and that is Legends Leia. Um, Meg, you're familiar with Leia. You ever heard of her? Leia Organa? <laughs> Once or twice. Solo. Um, not called Solo in canon, but uh, in Legends, it's she takes she takes the old last name. Um, <laughs> she takes on Solo, which is cool. You know, her Legends story arc 
is um, it's pretty amazing, honestly, because on the one hand, as you see here with this amazing cover art from Dark Empire, she starts off in you know the Dark Horse comics as kind of following this Jedi path. She single-handedly takes on Dark Side Luke and Slimy Palps. Um, which is amazing. But then after that in the Thrawn trilogy, you know, you see her showing that she's got an uncomfortable relationship with the lightsaber. Says that it never really felt comfortable to her. Um, in the rest of the Bantam era, that is anything before the new Jedi Order, she is chief of state of the entire New Republic, follows in Mon Mothma's footsteps in that regard. She specifically uh, is popping in and out of the Young Jedi Knights books. And it's like, yeah, our mom is the president of the galaxy. Deal with it. But that, that kind of creates an interesting relationship where they don't get to see her a whole lot until later on when they're adults and kind of work side by side with her. Meg, which which character arc for Leia do you prefer for her character? Her training to be a Jedi or her specializing in politics? I, I just think she's so much better suited for the political side. Um, whenever I... When I was reading... Um, I don't remember which book article I was reading earlier, but um, it's been a lot of just, reading. Well, yeah, it was, <laughs> but it just it referred to her as like a Jedi Knight, and I was like, oh wait, I'm not used to that um, because I know she had that whole um, you know path in Legends, and then she you know switched gears. But um, I just think she's so much better at fighting with words and with ideas. Um, I just think she just she probably so that's probably where she would rather be, honestly, and that's you know. I'm glad that she ended up where she did in canon um, for that same reason. I just think that's her place. That's a great answer. Freddie, what's your choice? I love Leia with a lightsaber. I especially like that she gets her moment to be chief of state for, you know, literally 10 years of Star Wars publishing. And then uh, maybe maybe even 15, 20 years, it's in the, the, the Bug trilogy. What's that one called? The Troy Denning's crazy oh. Oh, the dark nest there she's yeah, trained by right. reptilian jedi master saba 17 wow. with her smoker voice you got to hear mark thompson do it it's better <laughs> believe it or not mark thompson <laughs> so does a better job with a reptile jedi than i do um <laughs> but that's a, it's a lot of fun she has this rivalry with one-armed crazed dark side jedi ali marar at one point they have a battle on top of a moving spaceship mm-hmm. for real mm-hmm. It's awesome. All right. So I like that. So like Legends, you get the best of both worlds with Leia. What's your choice, though, Freddie? Lightsaber or policy? Policy, 100%. Okay. I, All right. I I'm say that. That's okay. <laughs> I say that because I, I enjoy learning that she had that that side of her, but that was that was kind of outside of her character, right? I mean, she she didn't really want to fight, but when she had to, she did. She she was not afraid of fighting, period. Yeah. Um, but I feel like she, if, if we were to see battle meditation in canon, it would most likely be her because it's, it's the most nonviolent thing a Jedi can kind of do, right? Cause you're not really, I mean, you're kind of influencing everybody, but she's not fighting, right? It's, it's still politics. It seems like. Yeah. Um, I like the, the way that, um, Zahn writes this, that, it's not that she doesn't intend on becoming a Jedi. It's that she never feels comfortable with the lightsaber. Um, whereas she's been trained since she was, what, a, a, a young adult, you know, a child almost, a preteen, to to follow in Bail Organa's footsteps, to um, 
you know, influence people and influence policy in order to shape the galaxy, which I like that it shows that that's just as heroic as taking down the entire empire with a laser sword. Am I right? <laughs> Juliana says, where's Tenoka? Juliana? I forgot about Tenoka. She's not on the list. She's going in the honorable mentions section. I just wrote her down. <laughs> so uh, my apologies. I promise you, we will talk about Tenoka. She's an incredible character. Mm-hmm. One she of is. the solo twins, uh, best buds on the Jedi Academy on Yavin 4. Uh, ends up being one of the early Jedi Knights alongside uh, Jason and Jaina in the New Jedi Order. Goes on to become uh, Queen Mother of Hapes or Hapes, if you <laughs> if you like to say it like that. Uh, you say Hapes or Hapes, Meg? I don't ever say it. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, in, in case you're wondering, Meg now says Hapes. Um, sure. It's just, it's just more fun to say, isn't it? Hapes. <laughs> So, yeah, Juliana, uh, yeah, Jared is canceled is what Cheryl says. That's all right. Heartbreak emoji from (laughs) from Juliana. It happened. Hey, we've got a lot of people that we've written down here. We haven't even made it out of the Jedi yet. Um, Oh, man. Let me ask you this, though. I've got another confession to make. I went down a deep, dark Reddit rabbit hole, okay? It happens from time to time. F's in the chat from the Reddit rabbit hole, okay? It was... (laughs) It was about sexism in the writing of some of the key legends. Authors won't call anybody out, but uh, here's the exact quote from some random dude on Reddit. He says, there are zero Imperials in the films, zero female Imperials in the films, and the old EU established the Empire as deeply sexist on top of being humanocentric. So this, while not being a threat, I would ever recommend anybody ever for any reason looking up. Um... I think he kind of makes a good point. Uh, Meg, do you think that this is more the lack of female Imperials in the original trilogy because of real-world sexism in Mm. in the casting in the 1970s? Or do you think that GL was trying to make a point about how the Rebellion is essentially led by two women in Mon Mothma and Leia, whereas there's no prominent female Imperials in in Legends, in, in the original trilogy? You think it's more in universe or or real world? That's a really good question. Um, you know what? I just I want. Let's say it's in universe. Let's say that he, um, you know, he was trying to make a point that, you know, the empire is evil in more than just the fact that they destroy planets. You know. Yeah. They they destroy planets, but they also are just mean to women. Right, yeah. which is just as just as horrific. Yeah. Uh, you can keep people alive and mistreat them, or, or you can just straight up blow their planet up. Uh, either way, it's <laughs> villainous. Um, I, I've always loved this about the the New Republic that it's led by women uh, until pretty late in Legends, uh, and it, it even then Saba Seventeen becomes Grand Master of the Jedi Order, so it's uh, mm-hmm. pretty well balanced, which is cool. Uh, Mon Mothma and Leia, just in- incredible female leaders. You know, it's amazing that in our real world history, um, our, we've been a nation for, what, over 200 years and have never had a female president. Whereas a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away, the rebellion was led by women. And it's about time that we... It's over, man. It's about time that we got on board with that, am I right? Yeah. <laughs> I'm about to get on a political soapbox. We don't want no. that, but um, uh, I do think that we've got some incredible uh, Legends female Jedi, but not just Jedi. Now, we don't have a ton of time to talk about this, but, Freddie, let's talk about the scoundrels, uh, our lady scoundrels. I would say out of Winter, oh, Yella, yeah. and Mirax, all right, all from the, you know, I think Thrawn, excuse me, I think Zahn introduces um, 
Winter, doesn't he? But then uh, they all yeah. three figure prominently in the X-Wing series. Who's your favorite female rogue? Oh, man, this one's hard. I would say Winter is an absolute... I mean, she's so skilled. Everything, anything, everything. Leia's bodyguard. Uh, and then you've, you've got my other favorite, Mirax, uh, the smuggler, right? She's just the super capable smuggler helping helping the group out of, you know, card of gold super honorable uh both of them are just so so good i love both of them in their own way yeah it's like one mission impossible it's, it's hard one. to play favorites yeah but what i especially don't love is the plot of i jedi when mirax is kidnapped <laughs> and uh you guys talked about this on lightspeed skipping without me sure did. which was crazy uh but <laughs> i love that you guys brought up the fact that when mirax is kidnapped corin's like i know what i'm gonna do i'm gonna go to school <laughs> Yeah. He, he goes off to boarding school Why? to the Jedi Academy, which is <laughs> just ridiculous. He's like, yeah, she'll be fine probably for months, maybe years. I got to finish my school. Now's no. as good a time as ever. And then, he, <laughs> and then he goes full Legends Batman in order to rescue her, which is so incredibly extra. I, I've heard that Corey loves that part, though. Um, <laughs> so, Mirax Horn. <laughs> so, Meg, out of these three, you got a favorite? Winter, Yella, Mirax? Oh, Winter is the one I am most familiar with. Cool. I know I keep saying that, but like, That's no, good. she's That's pretty fine. cool though. Yeah, and I've there's I've read actually a lot with her in it, so um, I like her a lot. Yeah, she factors into a surprisingly random number of Legends yeah. books. She comes up. Um, I, I love the way that she's played in uh, Scoundrels by Timothy yeah. Zahn, one of my mm-hmm. absolute favorites. Just massively wacky. Uh, it's just a wild ride all around, and in its subterfuge, and she's. Um, she's able to, on the one hand, impersonate Leia, but on the other hand, she's just like friends with all the rogues, so she fits in with that crew really well, not just with Leia. Um, she's not like yeah. following her to the bathroom or the refresher. You know, she's actually got her own <laughs> crew of friends, which is a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, you like scoundrels, Rob? Rob says scoundrels, or maybe he's saying he doesn't like scoundrels. He's surprised that I like it. Anyway, yeah, Solo's Eleven, Ocean's Eleven. Um, uh, excellent Legends book. One of my favorites. Winter's got a great role in that. So we love our mm-hmm. lady rogues, but we also love our lady villains in Legends. You know, while Kanan went on to give us um, a really redemptive, heartbreaking, um, and also heartwarming, kind of both, you know, story arc when it came to um, Assange Ventress, she was introduced first in Legends, and I will never let you forget it, okay? Freddie, what was your initial impression of Asajj Ventress back when she was introduced in Gindy Tartakovsky's Clone Wars? Yeah. It was pretty wild, wasn't yep. it? Oh, man. I was going to say that's that's where I know a majority of Clone Wars characters is from Gendy, who who really told the, the beginning stories of everything, right? Like, yeah. uh, Grievous, the reason why he's always coughing, right? You, right? you don't really know that unless you've seen that, and... Mm-hmm. A lot of things. It seems like they took it, and I don't know why they just stopped thinking about it. But she was so <laughs> insane looking in that series. Yeah, she's um, scary. She, she's kind of introduced by George Lucas as like a vampiric character. He wanted her to be like a a, a, a vampire wielding red lightsabers. Um, you know, the idea is that uh, Dooku is not technically breaking the rule of two. She's like an assassin. You know, she's not mm-hmm. actually a Sith. Um, Meg, how do you think, um, you know, what was your initial impression? I'll ask you this first. What was your initial impression of Asajj Ventress? Did you watch the Tartakovsky stuff? I did as it was airing, and I just remember wow. loving her. Way back her. in the day. See, look, yeah. look, at, look at Meg with her Legends cred. Yeah, I, I, I have something. <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah, awesome. no, Yeah, I, um, I don't remember 
much, but it, like she's like one of the things that I remember the most about it. That's how much I ju- I just thought like um to int- I it must have been for me like they introduced not only another villain but a female villain, which you don't get. Yeah. Um, you hadn't gotten in Star Wars a lot at that point. So to me, I was like, this is so cool. She's so bad, and I love her. Yeah, awesome. She was intense. I hated her. Absolutely hated her oh, at first. Oh, no. Uh, because she was, yeah, I just like, you know, I'm just going to assassinate everybody. Yeah, that was terrible. Uh, somebody do it better. <laughs> like Watto. Somebody in the chat. Just do, yeah, it was, oh, Andy, uh, only cred. All right, no, uh, Eric, told me not, good, Eric told me not to do that impression one time. Oops, sorry, Eric. Hopefully he's not here anymore. I mean, Eric, I love you. I'm, I hope you were with us in the chat. Anyway, um, she is, I liked where she goes eventually, and I'd like to think that Legends would have gotten there too. But I like that she is eventually treated not like a vampire who's who's mistreated and abused by the men in her life, which is her story. And, and it mirrors mm-hmm. a lot of uh, female fans' story, I think, um, that eventually she's treated like a human instead of like a monster. Right? Uh, Meg, have you read Dark Disciple? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, we won't spoil it. But, um, you know, we will say that there we really find that it humanizes her, doesn't it? Yeah, it really mm-hmm. does. It, it it puts her in a spotlight where, where you... you kind of experience her emotions and you realize that she's i mean she's thinking a lot of things and she feels she definitely feels and it's it's interesting it it it, it gives her a really good light and i like about i like that I yeah like it a lot uh, and that's one of the things that's pretty cool about legends you can have a character who's introduced as like a one-note villain who then eventually has um, a lot more to be told in their story two people in particular who fit that bill would be these uh, female villains of the Bantam era. We're talking specifically about Natasi Dalla and, um, as you like to say it, um, you say Isain, um, Isard, Isain. Admiral yeah. Isard. Isain Isard. Yeah, Isain, Isain, Isain I say, Isard. I say Yasani. And um, <laughs> yeah, so here I've got a picture from the, what's that book that we love so much? The the Guide to the Expanded Universe by Pablo Hidalgo. Yeah. This is one of the illustrations mm-hmm. from that of, um, uh, let's see, uh, Natasi Dalla, making sure I've got the right Legends villain here. Um, she comes up. powers. You know, she's introduced first in the Jedi Academy trilogy by Kevin J. Anderson, but then is reintroduced, amazingly, much later in the timeline. I forget if it's in Legacy of the Force or Fate of the Jedi. It's in one of those, which is a lot of fun. And so... Um, you know, Freddie, if you were going to choose, uh, which of these was the most most likely to actually revive the Empire? Uh, who would oh, you man. who would you pick in your dodgeball game of taking over the galaxy? Uh, Dala or Asard? I would say Asard, man. She's definitely she, more insane. She, she's insane. She's scary. Uh, I feel like she could do it. More she, of a loose cannon. Absolute loose cannon, but for the same cause, like. She doesn't waver. She knows what she wants. She knows what she's going for. I mean, any woman that and, can be Palpatine's lover. I mean, gotta be. Oh. Or is she Tarkin's lover? I forget. I. Oh well. I. I it, it was. <laughs> it was Palpatine. She was. I mean, she was with him all the time. Yeah. Um, Vengeful. I mean, you gotta you gotta have some crazy political machinations to be able to maneuver that way. Um, and so, I, what I like especially about Dala is that she basically is just sequestered herself in the maw to basically start this cell of uh, an, a, of the Empire that's just ready and hanging in the wings, um, basically building another Death Star, which is a lot of fun. you got to love Legends super weapons, right? But if you think about it, you know, in the, the Bantam era, you know, post-Return of the Jedi, between Return of the Jedi and New Jedi Order, two out of the four major Imperials, 
Natasi Dalla, Yasan Isard, Grand Admiral Thrawn, and um, Warlord Zinj. Those are the four major ones. Two out of the four are women, uh, which is a lot of fun. Uh, Meg, who do you love to hate more? Oh, I have to choose. You don't have to. <laughs> oh, I mean... Hmm. Spin the wheel. Why do you hate? Why do you hate both of them? I you love to hate both of them. I, I maybe just because you're supposed to. I mean, they're written, they're written in a way where it's like, I mean, this character is just. Yeah, you're supposed to hate them. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know what's amazing is uh, there's a scene. Have you have you uh, did you listen to this episode of Legends Look Back? One of the X-wing books. I think it's the second one ends with Cornhorn strapped naked in a chair being interrogated by Usain Isard. I mean, if that's not the most Utini thing that ever happened, I don't know what is. And one final Legends villain for us to talk about is Lumaya, the Dark Lady of the Sith herself. Um, she's got definitely one of the wildest character arcs in all of Star Wars publishing in a real-world sense because she first came up. Do you know where she first appeared, Freddy? Where did she first appear? I mean, I know where I know who was she, who I know her as at first, which was a GF girlfriend. Oh yeah, I don't, we, I don't know if we want to get in she, spoilers. She's one of Luke's girlfriends. Yeah, and she's the Dark Lady of the Sith. How do you? I don't want to get into it. Um, but she comes up <laughs> in the original Marvel comics. You're more into those than I am, aren't you, Freddie? Yeah, yeah, she comes up in those. I so she she was. The Sith mentor of Jason, I believe, Jason Solo in the comics, and uh, I mean, she's just wild. She's all over the place. She she had a laser, a lightsaber whip. Yeah, I had to cut it and... out in order to fit her into the frame. Yeah, she's got a, she's yeah. got a light whip. She's good at wrapping it around other people's lightsabers and yanking them out of their hands. Yanks. Yeah, she was crazy. <laughs> she's, yeah, she's yeah. Juliana in the chat says she hates her with a lot of exclamation points. So I wonder what. Oh, it's Lumaya. Am I saying it wrong? Lumaya. Yeah, that's right. Lumaya. Thank you you for... Lumia. What have I I been saying? Lumia. Luminara? I don't know. Yeah, Lumaya is how I say it. Um, She's... It's crazy because she's introduced in the Marvel comics, and then they needed a villain in Legacy of the Force. So the the, the the behind-the-scenes story is they were like, who can we bring back? Something cool, kind of old school. And they found the Dark Lady of the Sith, one of Luke's Legends girlfriends. One of my favorite things for us to talk about. Um, <laughs> All of his girlfriends. <laughs> if if you're Luke Skywalker, Meg, what do you like the most about Lumaya? Her light whip or her turban? Gotta go with the whip. You're not, not a turban girl? I, I mean, I've never thought... <laughs> in detail about it oh my goodness it was so it, it was like a. it wasn't just a turban it was almost like a it was like a, a an assassin mask and a turban it was oh. just like a, oh it's both huh? yeah hey that's it's, yeah if ever there's a good time to have a mask that's also a turban it's 2020 uh, especially yeah. now that we're getting into winter um you know, she's rocking hey she was prepared for the pandemic before any of us um <laughs> just know. like lumaya made a comeback her turban mask should also make a comeback. All right, we're moving into the honorable mentions. We've been talking in detail about all of these characters. We are just going to give quick shout-outs to some other incredible ladies of legends. We're not going to be ha- we're not going to have as much time to talk about them, but uh, we first want to give Skuma Joe's uh, shout-out. He wanted us to talk about Jerail. Uh, Jerial? How do you say it? 
uh, Jereo Mays? That sounds right to me. Anyway, from uh, the John Jackson Miller Knights of the Old Republic comics, which I gotta say, I'm halfway through those and I have not really connected with her. So maybe, maybe Skuma Joe, she'll, uh, there'll be something about her that stands out to me before I'm done and I'll join you in the, the fanboy camp there. Um, Juliana wants us to talk about Tinelkar. We at least mentioned her. Um, Mission Val. Freddie, you're our uh, big KOTOR fan. Um, do you know, here's a fun uh, Legends trivia fact for you. Do you know who does the voice of Mission Val? No, I don't. Who does it? Do you know this one, Meg? Catherine Tabor. Yeah, yeah. Oh, she's Is it really Catherine Tabor? Yeah. That's great. Yeah, Padme Amidala oh, herself. Fascinating. Um, also plays Princess Leia in some properties. Uh, but she, she first got her introduction to Star Wars by playing Mission Veo, which is cool. Um, she's, you know, the scrappy teenage Twi'lek from the sewers of Terrace and KOTOR who loves hanging out with her Wookiee buddy Zalbar and saving Jedi guerrilla warrior turned Sith Lord turned Jedi Savior Revan from the Rakul disease, which is just amazing. Rakuls. I mean, what, I mean, yeah. I want to be a Rakul for Halloween. That would be awesome. That would be a cosplay <laughs> I did not see coming. Um, here's one that you might know, Meg. Uh, how about on the honorable mention list, we've got Etain Termacon. Mm-hmm. You remember where she's from? Yeah, the uh, older public. Uh, nope, nope. You're that's close. Not it. You're close. The episode's almost <laughs> over. You got this, Meg. Republic Commando. There we go. Yeah, yeah. there we go. Yeah, Republic okay. Commando books. Uh, her thing is, you know, she gives the dissolution with the Clone Wars and mm-hmm. uh, basically joins the Mandalorians, which is cool. And we won't say anything else about Etain. Mm-hmm. Nothing at all. Okay. Um, next on the list, Freddie, is Tion. Sel- uh, oh, come on. We got this. Episode uh, Solusar. Solusar. Right. Uh, what do you know about Tion, Freddie? She's basically, you know, a Jedi who doesn't prefer swinging the lightsaber, but reading her books, right? Yes. Did we lose Freddie? Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Freddie's frozen. He'll be back. Uh, mm-hmm. Meg, as somebody who's got a lot of books behind her, I feel like you can relate. All right? Let me tell you about Tion. She is a Jedi historian. She ends up being successor to Luke as the headmaster of the Jedi Academy on Yavin 4. How cool is it that one of the first established post-Return of the Jedi legends, Jedi, I don't know how many times I just said Jedi. It was a lot. One of the <laughs> first Jedi established in legends, uh, continuity-wise, <laughs> isn't really all that much into force combat and lightsabers. She mostly just wants to read books. Isn't that awesome? Amazing. I'm back, guys. <laughs> Love it. Okay, well, we'll see if we can reboot your uh, your video here. We can at least hear Freddy. Uh, Freddy, Tion Solusar. Uh, how cool is it that one of the first Legends ladies isn't really into no, combat, she, but mostly she was just into the texts, Jedi the tones. The sacred Jedi texts. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's so cool. I mean, it's cool to, to to think about it, right? I mean, we hear about it all the time, but to think that someone actually read these texts, that's pretty fascinating. Yeah, you know, she's she basically, it was Kevin J. Anderson's way of like weaving in the Tales of the Jedi comics into the Jedi Academy books where Tion Solusar would like have everybody come around and she would start to tell them about Nomi Sunrider. And it, it's like the most egregious product placement ever to go and buy his comics. <laughs> But I kind of like that, you know, her thing is like, hey, we've got this new mix of Jedi. There's like a dozen who were first introduced in Legends in Luke's Jedi Academy in that first class. Uh, one of them, Silgal, is a Mon Calamari healer. And Tion is is like, she's a historian. So it's like not, you don't, it's not all Corrin Horns. Am I right? I mean, we, we got plenty of Corrin Horn, but uh, he's not the only one. 
Um, we've talked about Silgal. Who else is on the list? I like Scout from Yoda Dark Rendezvous. Mm-hmm. Uh, Meg, do you remember her from Imperial Commando 501st? A little bit, yeah. Um, her, her whole thing is that she's actually not all that powerful with the Force, yeah. but she just keeps getting dragged along on these adventures and then ends yeah. up accidentally surviving Order 66 because the Force has a will of its own. And it looks like on the last person standing freddy's gone and meg is glitching and oh no <laughs> we're almost there uh who else uh do you want to give an honorable mention shout out to you know Freddy? uh captison i'm going Teresa bakura buddy there we go uh, a great a great lady of legends honestly i'd forgotten about her until you said her yeah name. i'm glad you did because i was like i'm gonna say it this is mine <laughs> favorite book good awesome uh bro dameron says scout rules he likes scout which is cool uh, as I try to re- reboot everybody's videos here, which is fun. Um, I, I've got several more in the list, you know, several others who are totally worthy of a shout out. Um, I especially uh, like Anya Solo, the protagonist of Dark Horse's second volume of the Legacy Comics, which began in 2013. Another one of these properties that was ended prematurely. Um, this one pre- ended prematurely after 18 issues, whereas the first volume of Legacy got 50, maybe 55 issues. And, um, you know, Disney blew it up like it was Alderaan. Uh, but 18 issues, I mean, there's plenty to sink your teeth into there. Um, Freddie, uh, have you read the Legacy yeah, Comics? Yeah, yeah, I have. It, it's it's really interesting. I I haven't gotten into it in a long time, but uh, I recently just got the Marvel, uh, I forget what it's called, but I'm so excited to dive back into all of this stuff. It's so fat. It's going to be so much fun. Awesome. Yeah, I've got to say, out of all the characters you talked about, she's the one that uh, I'd like to learn more about. I've only ever made it through a couple issues and uh, fell off the the legacy wagon, so I need to make sure I get back into that. Read the original legacy series, had not finished the second volume. Um, she's she's paired up with like a, a crazed, murderous IG droid, which those are especially relevant <laughs> these days, aren't they? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's a lot of fun. Um, you know. Meg, we've been talking about uh, a lot of in-universe characters here, okay? A lot of fictional characters who we think are incredibly well-crafted and worth reading about. But, you know, uh, feminine fans are often treated as second-class citizens in the Star Wars fandom. You know, um, we've been talking about some some fictional characters. Let's talk about a real-world a real world issue as it pertains to feminine fans as we wrap up the episode here. Uh, you know, in what ways is it an uphill battle? Uphill... Uphill bottom. You heard it here first. Uh, an uphill battle to be a feminine fan in, in Star Wars. And, and what can we do about it? Give us a, some kind of a practical tip. How do we address this problem? So I was thinking about this in the context of like reading books, especially legends. Um, so a lot of times when you try to make the argument that uh, you know women aren't treated equally in the fandom, you'll get pushed back like, oh, yes, they are. Everyone's welcome. Um but the second you, you know, walk into a book club or something like that, and you either know more about a book than someone else, or you get one detail wrong, you're immediately made to not feel welcome. Yeah. And that's not fun. So honestly, just let women love the Star Wars that they want to love. Like, it seems it's not complicated. Yeah, it's really not like if we like a certain character, or like, we don't know a lot about something, but we want to know more. Like, let, let us just like learn and be excited and love Star Wars. You know, that's, you know, that's super important and we don't talk about it enough. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. 
Um, you know, one of the reasons I wanted us to talk about the ladies of legends is I think one of the, the biggest pieces of ammo that's often wielded against women who are saying like, hey, we're treated like trash in this fandom. Uh, we're treated like second class citizens as the most generous way of putting it. Mm -hmm. um, and, and often being tested with fandom knowledge. It's like the, the classic name five Robins uh, scenario mm -hmm. in, in comics fandom is like you've got to prove your worth. Um, one of the biggest pieces of ammunition that's often brought up is, well, there were plenty of awesome Jedi, uh, awesome ladies in Legends. Mm -hmm. um, the, the point of tonight's show is not to say now you've got more people under in, in your ammo belts. Are there ammo belts? What do you call those things? Uh, utility belt. There we go. <laughs> your Batman belt. Uh, in order to, to make women feel like their opinion is invalid. Is, is that making any sense, Meg? Oh, absolutely. Freddie, you want to chime in on this one? Well, you know... It's 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 interesting because my my sister really likes Star Wars because of me, right? Because I I was a hardcore fan my entire life, but you know we my mom also got us Barbies to play with, so I feel like I've always been into that because of my sister and seeing it from her point of view and getting her excited because I'm excited, and I wish more people could experience that. But I feel good because I feel like that's getting talked about now, right? Like people are starting to think about it, starting to talk about it and voice it. And people are like, oh, I didn't know it was like that, right? I had no idea. Like, but yeah, let's talk, let's chill. Sure. Right, that's how I see it, so. Yeah, just just listen to the yeah. opinion uh, and the experience of real yeah. fans. Don't try to tell them their opinion is invalid. Woo, I'm getting fired <laughs> up, all right. Uh, sorry to my editor, which is me, for blowing the, the, the limits on that one. All right, we've got some great answers in the chat. Let us know who's your favorite Lady of Legends. Is there somebody that we've Meg. left out? Uh, please let us know. Uh, Meg is your favorite Lady of Legends? She's the Fred? Queen of Fred? Legends. The oh. Queen of Legends, absolutely. Couldn't be more excited to have you with us on this episode. We've got some great answers in the chat. Bro Dameron said he loves Scout. Uh, Juliana says she loves Danny Quee mm. from the New Jedi Order. She features pretty prominently in Vector Prime by Lemonster resident himself, um, R.A. Salvatore. His friends call him Bobby. One of these days, we're going to get him on the show. One of these days. Uh, Danny the Scientist is another way of putting it. Yeah, she's cool. The There's a Yuzhan Vong priest. I can't remember her name either, but oh. she's cool. Definitely cool. Uh, great character there. Saba Sebatine. Juliana's got a lot of New Jedi Order yeah, uh, lady legends love, which is cool. Um, Don't forget got some uh, great agreement um, in the chat. E even what you got, even the the female non-humans, right? We've got we've got some of them in, in the story as well. We've got um I'm I'm specifically thinking about Solo or Han Solo, uh his his Wookiee almost substitute mother, right? His his it was like a mother to him. Oh, oh, from um yeah, the the book that yeah. we read. Yeah. <laughs> the Star Wars one. <laughs> What's that one called? Sure. <laughs> Uh, AC Crispin's yeah. yeah I've forgotten her name Charles is gonna kill me uh, half of Utini is we, we love yeah I haven't talked about any of those characters you know we've also got um, what's what's Han's girlfriend's name in that series um, the one that's kind of like Jenner oh. so I'm so close Bria Bria, Bria, Bria Theron, Theron. Yep. there we go how can we um, which is cool so much so much going yeah, on she's, she's another amazing lady of legends so glad people are giving those to us as shout outs Tag and Bink is Wes's answer I've never read Tag and Bink maybe Wes will come on the show one day for us to talk about those um, so in, so many incredible answers Satil Shan from Bro Dameron great answers for sure uh, Freddie who's your favorite character out of all the characters we've discussed oh, tonight this is so hard I'm gonna have to go with the one that I mentioned as my special special pick, Gariel Captison. 
Okay, I don't have a picture of her. I was about to throw up. Yeah, a picture Brady, she but, she's uh, she's pretty Muriel. fascinating to me. Um, I forget if it was her eye color was like a different. I don't know. I don't remember. It's like violet. I forget. Anyway, but uh, she was the first Legends lady for me. So EU lady, really. Uh, wasn't she Luke's Jedi? Uh, almost Luke's girlfriend. Girlfriend almost. In, in that book. Almost. almost she, they denied okay. each other, which was good. Who's a better fit, Gariel or Lumaya? Uh, oof. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to answer that one. Meg, out of all the characters we've discussed tonight, which one um, do you, are you most excited to learn more about? Oh, blanking on the name, but the um, the one who read books instead of... Tion, Tion Soyuzar. Yes, yeah. yes, give me more. Yes, I mean, it's, 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 it's awesome. up to me to read more, That's but yes. Awesome. Absolutely. Yeah, she's introduced first in the Jedi Academy books, which we're going to talk about pretty soon on the show. Fan um, fiction, Nathan please. is planning on reading those with us. Uh, couldn't be more excited. Meg, we're going to turn it over to you. Talk to us about some uh, Legends collections that are on the site. Meg has uh, been taking over the editing coordination of all of our collections. We've been making a concerted effort to write more collections about Legends characters. Uh, what Ladies of Legends do we have uh, reading guides of live on the site right now. You can go click on and read more about right after this episode. Oh. Once again, Jared, I've lost... <laughs> the show notes. Okay. I've um, lost the show notes. Well, we've got... Uh, I'll, I'll help you out here. Uh, we've got uh, a reading guide on Tahiri, a reading guide on the Solo Twins with both Jason and Jaina Solo. We've got a reading guide on Mara Jade, kind of an old school uh, collection. It's been up there for maybe a year and a reading guide about Asajj Ventress. So you can find, you want to read more books about, about Asajj, more books about Tahiri, uh, you can read through that and uh, click on the Amazon affiliate link, the eBay the link, the Thrift Books link, it's up to you. Click that link though. And uh, in the meantime, as you're reading up on some of these incredible ladies of legends, next week we've got Taco Tim joining us, Timothy Guthrie, for book two of the original Thrawn trilogy. So dust off your copy of Dark Force Rising, I almost said Dark Horse Rising. That's a different different thing entirely. <laughs> Dust off your copy of Dark Horse Rising and buckle up for one incredible sequel to the sequel to the sequel of Star Wars. I think I got the right number of sequels there. Meg, thanks so much for coming on the show. We've really enjoyed having you here. We've got a lot of love from Meg in the chat. Uh, we've especially got... Um, one Nile saying, or One Eel, you say it like millennial, but it's One Eel. Anyway, she says, Meg, you're so awesome and empowering, and I could not agree more. Oh, thank you. And thank you, everybody. That does it for this week. Thanks for joining us for Legends Look Back. Um, I've got Meg. I thought it was going to be Freddie, and it's Meg, so that's cool. Thanks for joining us for Legends Look Back. <laughs> uh, thank you, especially to our incredible patrons who are listed here on the screen who have helped us to get to this point. Now that we're live on Twitch, you can help us out, of course, by subscribing. If you have Amazon Prime, you have one free Twitch Prime gaming subscription a month, or it's something like that. And we'd be honored if you threw that our way. If you've got feedback for us, like Stephanie did, you want your question read on the show, you can email us at legendslookback at utini.com. You can join the Legends Look Back Discord channel you can find us on twitter i'm at jared q mays freddie is at wake up freddie apparently we lost freddie that's fine and uh f's in the chat for freddie please r.i.p freddie and um of course you can just leave comments on the youtube videos as these are posted each and every week just like stephanie did if you're looking to buy some of these books and want to help support the show look up a book on utini click the amazon link in the profile and we'll get a few cents to help keep the lights on 
Another way, of course, to help us out and show your love of Uchinis by grabbing some swag from Teespring. And boy, do we have incredible swag. Wearing some of mine, can't get this one? You can get something even better. Uh, you can, of course, grab your It Was So Artfully Done tank or the Thrawn-inspired tee that Jose designed, which is especially good since we're deep in the middle of the Thrawn trilogy in our roundtable episodes. If you've read any of these books, head over to Uchini.com and leave us a review. Let us know what you think. And please remember to be a force for positivity in the fandom and keep the Uchini fan code. Everybody, thanks for joining us. May the force be with you. This is a Utini Broadcast.